Hello, my good friends. This is Dan Jones with another quiet talk to share with you today. Listen to these wonderful verses from Ephesians chapter 3. The apostle says, For this reason I bow my knees before the Father, from whom every family in heaven and on earth is named, that according to the riches of his glory he may grant you to be strengthened with power through his Spirit in your inner being, so that Christ may dwell in your hearts by faith, that you, Paul is talking to you, whoever you are that is listening right now, it's you he's talking to, that you, being rooted and grounded in love, may have strength to comprehend with all the saints what is the breadth and length and height and depth, and to know the love of Christ that surpasses knowledge, that you may be filled with all the fullness of God. Now to him who is able to do far more abundantly than all we ask or think, according to the power at work within us, to him be glory in the church and in Christ Jesus throughout all generations forever and ever. Amen. Paul is praying for us here that we will have power. Not power to work some miracle, but the power to know something. Ironically, after he prays this, he says that this thing surpasses knowledge. I think he means it's something you can only know if God shows it to you. And what is this thing that Paul prays will have the strength to know? The love of Christ that we may be able to comprehend along with all other believers the vast and endless expanse which is the love of Christ. My friend, do you ever doubt that God loves you? I have. I've often asked myself the question, why in the world would God love somebody like me? I'm a terrible sinner. I was given every spiritual advantage in my upbringing. I was taught God's word from childhood. And yet I have sinned against God over and over again. I have no doubt that many people, including Christian people, often wonder if God really loves them. Of course, these feelings are not just our own. Satan, the enemy of our souls, works night and day to cause us to question God and all that we read in his holy word. From the beginning, he sought to convince Eve that God did not have their best interests at heart and was in reality acting selfishly by forbidding them the fruit of the tree of the knowledge of good and evil. But listen to Psalm 56, 9b. This I know, that God is for me. David wrote this psalm when he was under attack. He says, my enemies trample on me all day long. And yet in the midst of this trouble and turmoil, he could say, this I know, God is for me. God is not my enemy. He's on my side, even if my enemies don't realize it. God wants the best for us. Now, if we are living in sin, he will bring the pressure of conviction on us. And sometimes hard things will happen in our lives that are really for the purpose of bringing us to our senses. If the prodigal son had stayed home with his dad, he wouldn't have ended up in a pig pen starving to death. Proverbs says that the way of transgressors is hard. 
It's true that we often bring things on ourselves that are needless. But God's purpose in all of it is to all of it is to bring us to repentance, to deliver us from those hard ways. He loves us and does not delight in our suffering. Paul said he wanted us to be strengthened with power through the Spirit in our inner being, so that Christ may dwell, may live, may abide in our hearts through faith. The idea of Jesus being our heart, being in our hearts is so commonplace among most Christians that it has little meaning for us. What does it mean to have Christ living in you? Well, if Christ dwells in your heart, that means that a boundless ocean of love is in your heart, and that's what he is. God is love. Christ is God. Christ is love. He is infinite love. He is unchanging, never-ending love. That love's love lives in you, that you might experience it every moment, and that it might be expressed through your life to other people. God's love is never stagnant. It flows on like a pure crystal river of life. Psalm 30 verse 5 says, For his anger is but for a moment, but his favor is for a lifetime. The Bible talks about the wrath of God, but that is not a permanent feature of his character, but a temporary response to events. God's love is eternal. He has always been love and always will be. In the beautiful prayer of Jesus in John 17, he says, Father, I desire that they also whom you have given me may be with me where I am to see my glory that you have given me because you loved me before the foundation of the world. From all eternity, there has been an infinite flow of perfect love between Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. It can never stop. Love is who God is today, who he has always been, and who he will always be. The beautiful thing for us is that God has invited us into what has been called the dance of the Trinity, this wonderful divine love that is in God. It is the nature of love to share. So God desires that we share his love forever. It is a given that life is hard. Jesus said that in this world we would have trouble, but that we should not be discouraged because he has overcome the world. But this trouble will not last forever. And in the midst of this trouble that is a feature of our lives right now, we can enter into God's love. That love will not fail us when problems come. They will still be difficult. We will still at times experience pain. But in it all, God's love will be the current that carries us, the air we breathe, the ground we walk on. There's a beautiful song that you probably know if, like me, you're a church person. It's called The Love of God. The last verse goes like this. Could we with ink the ocean fill, and were the skies of parchment made, were every stalk on earth a quill, and every man a scribe by trade? 
to write the love of God above would drain the ocean dry, nor could the scroll contain the whole, though stretched from sky to sky. Dear friend, God loves you with an everlasting love. That means it will never end, never quit. And here's the point you need to get today. God doesn't love you because you are lovely. His love is not based on your worth as a person and your innate goodness. He loves you because he is love. It is his nature. It cannot be earned and indeed need not be earned. It just is. The eternal love of Almighty God is a fixture of reality. It's why the sun comes up every morning, why the rain falls on the fields so that the food may grow up to sustain us. It is why the birds sing. It accounts for the unutterable beauty of a starlit night. And if you still doubt that God loves you, I have one final argument. God demonstrates his own love toward us in that while we were yet sinners, Christ died for us. There is no greater love than a love that would lay down its life for others. In God's case, the others are not perfect, deserving ones, but sinners. That love not only forgives us, but cleanses and transforms us. Rest in his love. Dear God, your love is almost incomprehensible. It's unfathomable. We can't really take it into our minds, but by faith we accept that you do love us with an everlasting love, that you are love eternally, that you have set that love upon us, your creation, your creatures who have turned from you have sinned against you, and you sent your one and only Son to share our humanity and our sin and to carry it away at the cross so that we might bear it no more. Thank you for your love. I pray that my listeners would abide in your love. In Jesus' name, amen. My dear friend, uh, I ask you again to pray for our church fellowship, the Bread of Life Anglican Church. We meet Sundays at 10 o'clock in uh, the American Legion Hall, which is located at 1809 Union Street in Schenectady. If you're in the area, you don't have a church home, we would love for you to join in worship with us. As always... You can reach me by email at father.danjones at outlook.com. God bless you.